BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Shall I take your order or do you need a minute? Yes, I'll be ready. Just buying a car on Carvana. What? It's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions. What? That's handy. Yeah. Now I'm customizing my down and monthly payments. What? That's an exquisite deal. And just like that, Carvana's delivering my car in a couple days. What? Oh yeah. Uh, sorry. I'll have the burrito. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Delivery fees may apply. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. All right, third hour of Clay and Buck kicks off now. Phenomenal guest joining us in this moment. Uh, Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful from Shark Tank. Entrepreneur, investor, and the guy who says often the most amusing stuff on the Shark Tank show. Kevin, thanks for being here. Great to be here. Thank you. Let's start. I know you're up on Capitol Hill. You're trying to advocate for the small business men and women of America, which is uh, super important. Uh, Obviously, the really the engine of of economic growth in so many ways. What headwinds are they running into right now under this administration? Like, what are they doing? What is this White House or this Congress doing wrong when it comes to the small businesses of America? Well, let me paint the picture because I deal with this every day. I've got over 30 portfolio companies, uh, primarily first and second generation families. Uh, in America, you know, we think about our economy. A lot of people don't know this. The S&P 500, massive companies, biggest index in the world, but they only represent 40% of employers. And many of the people that work for the S&P 500, those giant companies, those employees are outside of the United States. Almost in some cases, half of them, depending on the company. So domestically, who employs all of us? It's small business. And so what I'm frustrated about is right now, you remember the beginning of this latest banking crisis when Silicon Valley Bank, and unfortunately run by idiots, went to zero. But that caused a ripple effect. And what's occurring now is the regulators of small regional banks, there's about 4,160 of them, which really bank and provide credit for small business in America, are under tremendous pressure. They're being required to change how much capital they have liquid on their balance sheets. And basically what that means is they're closing their loan books. So it's very, very hard to borrow money anymore. This is happening at the same time that Congress has done a trillion dollars with a paper printing, which it even hasn't gone out the door yet. One is called the Inflation Reduction Act, the IRA, and the other one is the Chips and Science Act. All of that money is going to the big guys. 
All of it. Not some of it, all of it, 100% of it, to S&P 500 companies. So you ask me why the stock market's doing so well. It's because it's got this unlimited lift of printed paper to go to them for free. It's basically free money. And yet nothing for the small guy. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Now that is totally screwed up, imbalanced, not fair, and I'd argue un-American. Am I crazy? And the answer may well be yes, so don't be afraid to say that. There's people out there like, yes, you're crazy. It seems to me that we have never had a more financially illiterate group of leaders, both Republicans and Democrats, but in particular, the Democrat Party has totally lost its way when it comes to business. As a guy who is focused primarily on business, do we have good representatives from a financial perspective at all in your mind? You know, it's a great question, and my answer is, having now spent almost a year and a half going to Congress, and sometimes twice a month, it's a mixed bag, and and it's really about executional skills at the state level. And where I look at states, I look at the governor. You can consider the governor of a state as the CEO, a lot of the policy around what happens. So I've stopped investing in states like New York, for example, or Massachusetts or California. I don't put a dime in those places. They're not open for business and their taxes are too high. My new focus is on places like North Dakota, West Virginia, Oklahoma, Texas, Florida. Those, let's call them managers, governors, senators, whatever you want, they're executing towards pro-business, whether it be big or small, and they've made it that there's a very interesting dynamic occurred after the pandemic. We have competition between states. Now, why would you ever put money in Massachusetts where Elizabeth Warren wants to take it from you if you're successful? Or where AOC makes sure that no new jobs come to her jurisdiction? Why would you even go there? Why fight with those people? If they want to destroy their states, let them do that. I'll take my money and go to where I welcomed, where I can sit down with the governor, Bergam, who's now running for president, and say, what can we do together here? What can we invest in? Same with Florida, same with Texas. So I want to encourage people to make economic decisions wisely and to make sure that the people that vote for these individuals, and I'm, I'm not saying Elizabeth Warren isn't a very successful politician. She is. I just hate her policies. And I think that's a fair debate to have. I'm going to be going to the legislature in Massachusetts in October I do, I do some work at Harvard where I teach, uh, you know, young entrepreneurs and engineers, and I want to make sure that we can get into a solid debate about good policy and bad policy. If we could get you and some of their staffs actually listen to the show, uh, Kevin, we're speaking to Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful of Shark Tank for anybody who's joining us in progress here. Um, if we could get you to sit down with all of the Republican candidates right now at once, and you could give them one thing that you believe would be most important, useful, powerful for helping small business and really with it, just the broader economy. I mean, if, if you could get one thing right in front of them, so whether it's Trump or whomever, if they end up beating Biden, they could pursue it. What would it be? Right now, I see this tremendous, um, I'd call it imbalance between the support that the S&P is getting, the big companies in America, and what we're not doing for small business. And so we we have programs. We have two big ones right now, and I want to be very specific about this, and I've actually done this with both Republicans and Democrats, sat them down when I get to the Hill. I'm very fortunate. 
They'll take a meeting and their staff, just as importantly, and say, okay, let me get this right. You have authorized a trillion dollars for the S&P 500 in two specific acts, the Chips and Science Act and the Inflation Reduction Act, the IRA. Where in those bills, because I've looked at them, you show me anywhere where you're supporting small business, your own constituents in your own geography that that represents 60% of the jobs created in your state, where's the support for them? And there isn't a single active act right now at a time when they need it more than the big guys. The big guys have no trouble raising money. Right now, the cost of capital for small businesses is 4 to 5%, all the way up to 11 to 17% in a matter of 18 months. And nobody cares about them. So the only act I know that's active, and I know you guys promote this quite a bit on, on your on your platform, is the employee retention credit. I also do that. I've got a, a business called WonderTrust.com, and all of my companies have applied for this, and hundreds more. And I go out of my way to say to those senators and governors, you extend this act for me for 24 months, for everybody in America that deserves to get access to this capital that they actually paid into. Because what's going on here is my companies and many others, millions more in America during the pandemic in 2020, 2021, we paid our employees. We paid them even though they couldn't work. We kept them on payroll. We invested in them, our businesses, and America. And now you give us nothing? I don't get it. And that has not fallen on deaf ears. I've even gone all the way to the ways committee and I've talked to the you know the chairman and said think about this you're gonna have to do something for these small guys when things get worse in the months ahead meanwhile back at the farm you've made sure that everybody in the S&P is just dripping with cash and nothing for the small guy extend this act for 24 months we've talked a lot on this program about red getting redder and blue getting bluer you just kind of hinted at this about the importance of federalism the governor the CEO of a state. I don't know what state your home base is in now. Uh, you can maybe tell people because I'd be curious. But if you were advising someone young today and they were saying, hey, I'm thinking about starting a small business and I could base that small business anywhere in the country, where would you tell them it would make sense to go? And how much of that? I, I feel fortunate. Buck's now in Florida. I'm in Tennessee. We have no state income tax. The idea that I would pay 14 or 15 percent of my hard-earned income to the state of New York or to California or to any other state is crazy to me. But I'm curious. We get a lot of questions, Buck and I do. Hey, let's say you're 20 years old and you're about to graduate from college and you're interested, uh, or you're just 20 years old and you're you've got an entrepreneurship bug. Where would you tell them if they could go anywhere in the country that you see the most dynamic business environments that they should consider founding a company? Well, I mean, you know, that's, you've hit the nail on the head. There's a reason Nashville has exploded over the last 18 years. There's very few cities growing as fast as Nashville. Why? A well-managed state with no state tax. The same thing's happening in Florida. The same thing's happening in Texas. Same thing is happening in North Dakota. They just lowered their state tax. It's not zero yet, but they're on their way there. Every state that I look at that has moved towards pro-business and lower state tax is growing. So if you're starting a business, and I advise all of my young entrepreneurs, look, you can run a business today from anywhere because 40% of your employees are not going to work in your headquarters. That's post-pandemic. That's what's occurred. That's that's our new economy, America 2.0 digital. And that means don't stick it in a place where they hate you, where they just 
put regulation on you or they overtax you and they don't want you to start a business, they don't want any jobs, don't put it anywhere near AOC, for example. And why would you ever do it in Massachusetts where Elizabeth Warren wants to tax you if you're successful? What built this country and makes it great is entrepreneurs, and that's who employs 60% of the people. We now have this fantastic dynamic of states competing with each other. Reward the good managers, the good governors, the senators with your vote and your business and make sure that you're punitive to ones that are not pro-business and let's hope they get voted out of power because they are not doing their job and not carrying forward the American dream. Anytime you tax someone into oblivion and you just take the government and over-regulate rules, you are forcing those businesses to do the right thing and that's simply move. That's how it works. Kevin, how worried are you about a major downturn in the economy over the next, call it, year or so? I mean, we've been told for many months, uh, I used to see the Goldman Sachs projection, oh, 60% likelihood of a recession in the next quarter, whatever, going back now for a while um, under the Biden administration's tenure. Are we? Are, do you feel like we're, we're out of the woods or are we still just hoping and praying? You know, that's... That is the question for every investor in America, trying to figure out this extraordinary situation we're in. I mean, let's just take stock of what we know. We know that we have had the fastest rate hike cycle in almost history. It's very rare that we've gone from basically zero to 5% in a matter of months. That never happens. And 5.5%. We also know, and this is extraordinary, and I've never seen it before, we're still at full employment. Anything under 4% unemployment is full employment. So not only is your cost of capital gone through the roof, but you still can't hire anybody to work in your business. And at the same time, we have that trillion dollars of free helicopter money coming in these two acts I talked about, the IRA and the CHIPS Act. And so this is a really strange force. We have inflation going up, and yet we're still printing money like a South American dictatorship. I mean, it's just unbelievable what's going on here. We actually don't need all this money at this point, but we're trying to do some things, and you can blame any administration because they're always trying to figure out ways to print money and get votes. I get that. But this situation now is an extraordinary one because we've got a lot of pressure points. So when people tell me, well, you know, there's a 60% chance of a, of a recession in the next six months, they have no idea what's going to happen. Nobody does. And so when we're planning in our businesses, which we do each week, we plan for every outcome. Right now, it looks like a soft landing, but nobody knows that with certainty. So you've really got to conserve your cash. You've got to make sure that you have access to capital for inventory, and you've got to keep an eye on your receivables and run your business as a good manager. Same for a state. Same idea for the country. And so we're at an inflection point. We're rather a remarkable presidential cycle coming up here for a million different reasons, and you guys have talked about it quite a bit. But at the end of the day, what you're voting for, and I don't care what party you're with, vote for good policy. What drives America is good policy. I've never made money in politics. I make money in good policy. And capital and money, domestic and international, follows a path of least resistance. You want to make America, America, and American business the least resistive. You want everybody to invest their money here. Quickly, last question for you. What's the best investment you've ever made in your life? 
what is the one that you regret not investing in? Because people think a lot about the successes, but I'm also curious what you passed on, and you're like, oh, I was an idiot. I should have 100% gone all in on that. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Let me tell you what I've learned. This goes back to Shark Tank. I've been doing Shark Tank for 15 years. I've seen thousands of pitches. I've looked at thousands of deals and each year I do you know 15 17 20 deals whatever it is and I'm pretty sure when I'm making them I know what I'm doing and I'm saying to myself that's going to be a winner that's going to be a winner you basically think you know the truth is you have no idea what happens three four five years later is the ones that you thought were dogs end up being monster hits I'll give you an example one I just had a huge liquidity event in this woman comes on three years ago Anna Sky was her name. Skya, Anna Skya, and she had a company called Base Paws. You take a swab, you stick it in a cat where the sun doesn't shine, you send it into the lab, and she tells you your cat DNA. And it can help the cat have a longer life. And I said to her, what are you, out of your friggin' mind? I can buy, your your is twenty nine ninety five. I can buy a new cat for five bucks. A lot of cat people didn't like that comment in America. But Clay I, has cats. I, I, I invested. My wife has cats. I, I get it. I, I don't, you know, anyways. I, what happened was she said she was so compelling, such a great entrepreneur, such a really driving force on that set. No one wanted to invest in her. They thought the whole idea was stupid. I gave her the dough. Three years later, she sells the business to one of the largest pet divisions of a giant pharmaceutical company for over 50 million cash. It was one of my best outcomes ever. And I thought that gives you an example. You just have no idea. It's serendipitous luck sometimes. So I do a lot of deals and you know, I've been working with, let me give you an example, Barbara, for example, she doesn't even look at the numbers, looks at it. So I like the guy, I like the gal, I'm going to invest in him. And by the way, the only reason Barbara gets to Shark Tank every year is I buy her a new broom. (laughs) <laughs> Kevin O'Leary, everybody, Mr. Wonderful. That's uh, a was, great line. We've got what was get that to website? It. It's wondertrust.com, and I've got a whole team of people. I've been doing this with all my companies that will figure out whether you do actually uh, and are eligible for the ERC, the Employer Retention Credit, up to $26,000 per employee. I work very hard at this. I want thanks every for, Thanks for being all this. We're about to hit a break. Mr. Wonderful, you Kevin O'Leary, thank you so much. Bye. Take care. Innovation Refunds, the company helping so many small businesses get a tax refund through the employee retention credit. You just heard Mr. Wonderful talking about it. Uh, tax refund for businesses that kept employees on p- on payroll for parts of 2020 and 2021. You can get hooked up. Go to innovationrefunds.com to see if you qualify. No upfront charges. They don't get paid unless you get paid. It doesn't cost you a dime. Call them if it's easier. 1-843-REFUNDS. 1-843-REFUNDS. InnovationRefunds.com. One truth revealed after another. Clay, Travis, and Buck Sexton. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and... Starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. 
LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com news and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com news. Identity theft protection starts here. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We got a big uh, story that popped that that was interesting, and it continues sort of this battleground of what kids can and cannot say and what they're being taught in public schools. And it dealt with the Gadsden flag, which is a revolutionary era flag that has to do with, uh, it has a rattlesnake, says, don't tread on me. We're going to talk about the history of that and what happened when a school district tried to ban it by saying it was in some way an endorsement of slavery. Uh, I think you guys are going to enjoy that discussion uh, that we're going to have. And also, Harriet Tubman statue in Philadelphia, Buck, white guy not allowed to make it because only a black person evidently can do a statue of Harriet Tubman. We will dive into both of those. We want to tell you, history, both of these directly connected to it, really important, kind of matters, where your kids are being taught and what they are being taught. And that's why our friends at Hillsdale College matter so much and do such an incredible job. Uh, college kids back on campus right now, and Hillsdale College is delivering uh, on teaching the Constitution and the enduring words that deliver our freedoms. They've been explaining and defending our freedoms since the 1840s. They're still at it these days. In addition to teaching college kids, Hillsdale has a K-12 lifelong learning uh, system that they're sh- sharing as well. If you're not doing so already, one of the best ways, go get signed up for Imprimus, Hillsdale's D- Digest of Liberty. You can get it for free at clayandbuckforhillsdale.com. You will love Imprimus featuring the best and smartest in conservative constitutional thought. Clay and Buck for Hillsdale.com. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Uh, a couple of updates. It appears, and we know many of you in the state of Florida are listening to us, and you may be listening to us on your car phone or on a battery-operated uh, sorry, a car radio or a battery operated radio as there have been a lot of people lose power. Uh, it appears most of the hurricane has now passed through much of Florida and is now into Georgia and will soon be in the Carolinas. So we know we have people listening all throughout the pathway of that storm and we'll continue to update you on that to the best of our ability. A um, little bit of breaking news. Uh, the next Republican debate, which is taking place at the end of September, 
going to be moderated by Dana Perino and Stuart Varney. It will air on Fox Business. It appears the third Republican debate will now take place in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, on the University of Alabama campus. And uh, the uh, other bit of news that is out there is what we were just teasing you about um, as we went to break, which is this Gadsden flag controversy that has blown up in the Colorado Springs area, I believe, of uh, the state of Colorado. A kid went to school with a Gadsden flag uh, patch on his backpack, and he was told he was not allowed to have that uh, that patch on his bag at school. He was lectured by his teachers. He was told it was in some way connected to slavery. Buck, I would just start here. Now, the school district has backed down. They have acknowledged that this is actually a flag made famous during the Revolutionary War, which threatened uh, Britain. Hey, if you effectively try to take away our rights, it has a rattlesnake on it. We will essentially bite back the don't tread on me flag. It has nothing to do with slavery. But I would just start here, Buck. If this kid had gone and had a rainbow flag on his backpack at school, do you think there's any way this Colorado school district would have ever said to him, you can't have that badge on your backpack and you're not allowed to be in school? Uh, no, I mean, the politics of this are, are very apparent right away. And, and I think, um, Clay, you know what, my man? You're going to just take over because the fire alarm in my building is going off, everybody. I got to step outside for a minute. You can, if you just heard that, Buck in his Miami, uh, Miami place, there now is a fire alarm going off. I think he's fine. I think everybody's going to be fine. But uh, he'll be back, maybe join us at the, the last segment here if that alarm stops going off in the background. But I do think this is, uh, this is very emblematic of the world in which we live today, where certain political speech is not only allowed, it's embraced. And so if this kid on his backpack had been walking in with a gay pride flag, or if he had had, for instance, a BLM logo on his backpack, no one would have said to him, hey, you can't have that political statement on your backpack. You aren't allowed, kid, to be able to come to school with that insignia. This is unacceptable. You are in some way in violation of the school district. And in fact, if that had ever happened, it would have been on CNN's lead story. MSNBC would have been all over it. And the school district would have been forced to apologize. I give credit to this kid for actually knowing history. There is a massive lack of historical knowledge in this country today. And I think, frankly, it's being exploited by Democrats to try to sell the idea through the 1619 Project and many other uh, also connected to that uh, aspects of our history this idea that America is an awful racist place, and as a result, nothing that was created by our founders can be justified. That's really what this is about. And make no mistake, I think trying to police this kid from having the Gadsden flag, pulling down monuments, tearing down historical records, that's what this is all about. The idea is to delegitimize the foundational documents of the United States, because if you do that, then why does anybody have to care what's said in the Constitution? 
Why does anybody have to care about any aspect of our nation's founding documents if the people who were involved in creating those founding documents were awful, hypocritical slave owners who didn't understand basic human rights and therefore everything that they tried to bring to bear in this country is not rooted in pursuit of justice and the last best hope of free government in the world. It's actually just a collection of awful racists who bear no uh, semblance of connection to this country today, and therefore we don't have to be bound by any ideas they put out. That's what they're trying to do. That's the essence. That's why they're trying to tear down uh, all the statues, and that's one of the things that I think Trump got 100% right. Because while Joe Biden told the fundamental lie that the reason he ran for president was because of Donald Trump's response to Charlottesville, Trump's response to Charlottesville was actually 100% correct. You go back and look at the transcript of everything he said, Trump said they're not going to stop with tearing down statues of Robert E. Lee and Stonewall Jackson and everybody else who was connected to the Civil War, to these Confederate generals. They're going to take the next step, and they are then, as you well saw happen, they're then going to say, oh, Abraham Lincoln's unacceptable. What did they do in San Francisco? They tried to rename every school that had a white guy on it. They tore down statues of Ulysses S. Grant, who actually fought against the Confederate generals. Because in an absence of historical knowledge, you can convince people that anything is the truth. And there is no precedent, and there is no foundation. And if you're constantly shifting what is allowed to be celebrated in this country, then ultimately you create no foundational historical agreement. And I say this as a history nerd. Buck's a history nerd, too. We both have spent much of our life studying history. And that's why I have ultimately a lot of faith that we're going to end up in a better place than we are right now, because ultimately I believe that we are going uh, to come through this difficulty and end up in a better place than we are right now. Um, and I think that's why it's so important for everybody out there to have this historical knowledge and understand that when they attack, you might say, well, why do you care? about a kid who's going to school in Colorado State and what the school district says he can and cannot do because this is emblematic of what's happening all over the country. And they will do this to anyone if they have the ability to do so. And so this is a big part of what is actually taking place. Uh, all right, we'll see if Buck's fire alarm has gone off. We'll see if he can come back and finish up the uh, the program with us. In the meantime... Some Americans are starting to speculate there's a government plan to change our currency system. The same people speculating believe we'll hear about it sooner than later, too. According to former Wall Street insider Tika Tawari, the government could soon make such an announcement. The speculation is our printed currency would be replaced with a new digital version. Tika Tawari's warning that the official announcement could come in the next few months. He's exposing the government plan in a video and showing you the three steps you need to take to prepare. Go to dollarrecall.com to watch the video and further inform yourself. That website again, dollarrecall.com, paid for by the Palm Beach Research Group. Clay and Buck, 24-7. Subscribe today. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And... 
producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head and Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Buck has had a fire alarm go off in his studio, so uh, he may or may not be able to rejoin us. You ever wonder what live radio is like? This is why your podcast guys can make a lot of money. There's no doubt about it. Doing a podcast way easier than doing a live radio show. I like both, by the way. Lots of good podcasts out there. But if an alarm goes off during a podcast taping, you just say, okay, we'll wait till the alarm goes off. Alarm goes off during a live radio show, boom, you just keep rolling. Um, big story that is going to, I think, continue to, uh, to build is, uh, surrounding Mitch McConnell. I think we have some audio of Mitch McConnell and, uh, it's uncomfortable. It's unfortunate. It's not just Mitch McConnell. Dianne Feinstein has a power of attorney. She can't actually make choices in her own life. Her family is able to obligate her contractually, yet she is still representing the Senate in California. Uh, you've got John Fetterman, who anybody who watched that debate immediately checked himself into a hospital as soon as he got to Washington, D.C. He's still not physically able to do the job of senator uh and you've got joe biden who it's reckless that he's president now and the idea that he would try to be president for years longer is also unacceptable we have a minimum age for president of 35 and obviously people have different mental uh capabilities donald trump is far more mentally sharp than joe biden is heck bernie sanders is a year older than joe biden he's way sharper and i saw today warren buffett turned 93 and he's still making elite investment decisions on behalf of berkshire hathaway so everybody has different mental faculties i think most people out there if they're being honest would say that 
in general, mental ability peaks in the 40s or 50s uh, in terms of your ability to make decisions. I was reading in the Wall Street Journal yesterday, if you've ever wondered, hey, when is the peak ability to make financial decisions on average? According to the Wall Street Journal, 54 years old. That when you are 54 years old, you are at your peak to make intelligent financial decisions because you've had enough experience as an adult to learn, but with that so-called wisdom, but you haven't moved past your cognitive abilities beginning to decline. I think about this all the time for radio. I don't know when, you know, an athlete might peak at 27 or 28 years old. When do you peak in terms of being able to process uh, information and speak on the radio? I think everybody's different. I would like to think that it's in the 50s or 60s. You know, people think about this all the time. For instance, if you're an attorney, you can't fly an airplane after the age of 65 commercial airplane because airlines think that you don't have the physical ability after the age of 65 on average to be entrusted with the entire life of everybody that's on a commercial airline flight. And again, I said when this uh, the clip initially went public with uh, Mitch McConnell just in the last hour or so, how would you feel if you walked onto an airline and Joe Biden was the pilot of your airplane? Would you feel as you stepped foot onto that airline, would you think to yourself, boy, I'm really glad Joe Biden is flying this airplane? Of course you wouldn't. Well, how in the world then can we justify Joe Biden being able to be in charge of every aspect of American life? It's crazy. He couldn't run a gas station. Maybe he could be a Walmart greeter. But just about every single one of you who run a small business or work at a major business, I think you would be challenged to find a job that Joe Biden could have and do successfully. And yet he's in charge of the whole nation. And certainly there are different mental and physical capacities. But if you can't be president until 35, how in the world are we talking about a guy who's 82 running and clearly has the mental and physical faculty decline of Joe Biden running to be president? It's reckless. Well, it's not just on the Republican side. It's not just on the Democrat side. This is sadly an issue everywhere. Here is a clip. I think you'll be able to hear it a bit of Mitch McConnell. What are my thoughts about what? Running for re-election in 2026. Uh, Did you hear the question, Senator? Running for re-election in 2026? All right, I'm sorry, you all. We're going to need a minute. Senator. Uh, Okay. Somebody else have a question? Please speak up. Okay, so it went bad. And for those of you, again, I would encourage you, you can go watch the video if you want to see it for yourself. It's not a video that anybody's happy to see. Certainly, we don't want anybody in their 80s or any age to be losing their mental and physical capacity. But interestingly, the question was about whether Mitch McConnell was going to run for re-election in 2026, which feels reckless, just as it feels reckless to me for Joe Biden to run for re-election in 2024. Heck, it's reckless for Joe Biden to be in office right now, given all the difficult decisions he has to make on a daily basis. And remember, everybody out there listening to us right now in the bluegrass state, We've got the number one show in Louisville. We've got a massive audience in Lexington. I know many of you are listening all over the state of Kentucky right now. If you're saying, okay, well, Mitch McConnell, I know he's a Senate majority leader. Uh, I don't know how this is going to be a major issue going forward. We're basically in a 50-50 Senate. 
And there is a governor's race going on this fall. Daniel Cameron, all of you need to vote for him. Because there's a Democrat in office right now. And he's running for re-election. And if that Democrat wins, he has said that he's going to appoint a Democrat in the event that Mitch McConnell were not able to serve out the rest of his term. Now, a bunch of you in Kentucky are saying, wait a minute, Clay, we, we passed a bill. Yeah, I understand. There's a bill passed where the Kentucky legislature, which is majority Republican, is saying we get to pick three names in the Republican Party to present to the governor, and he has to pick one of those three names. But Andy Bashir has said he doesn't think that's constitutional. And so we're going to end up in a major court battle where Kentucky could end up with either a Democrat senator who's appointed by Andy Bashir, and then there's a court battle over whether that senator can take office, or, or it may be the case that Kentucky doesn't have a sitting senator, both of which could end up in the wake of the 2024 election. Think about this. Now, you could end up in a situation where Republicans have a small majority, let's say Trump wins or a Republican wins and it's a 50-50 Senate and the VP is breaking the tie. Well, if Mitch McConnell's not there and Kentucky either has a Democrat senator or they have no senator, then Democrats would take back control of the Senate. It's a big deal. And obviously if Joe Biden somehow gets elected again or another Democrat does, then Democrats would have the tie break and that Senate seat could also be massively significant in terms of their ability to pass legislation or put somebody on the Supreme Court. It's a really big deal. And it is a mess right now in the state of Kentucky. If you care about this, regardless of everything else, Andy Bashir has been wrong on everything COVID. I couldn't believe how much more locked down Kentucky was than my home state of Tennessee. And I know many of you out there experienced it in the state of Kentucky. That by itself is a reason why you should be voting for Daniel Cameron. But even if you don't particularly care, think about what they will do. They will appoint a Democrat senator if Andy Bashir wins and Kentucky sticks with a uh, Democrat governor. A Democrat governor who failed on all things COVID and actually made things far worse for most of the residents of the state of Kentucky. Kentucky's a red state. It should have a red governor. And Daniel Cameron is the right choice there. It matters a great deal regardless. But when you consider Mitch McConnell's health and the court battle looming over any potential replacement in the event that that were necessary to occur between now and 2026, this by itself is why it is so important that Daniel Cameron be elected this fall. Uh, I appreciate all of you. Buck with the fire alarm going off in his studio. He'll be back with us tomorrow. We'll be back with you on Thursday. Should be a lot of fun. Appreciate all the time you spend with us every single day. This has been Playing Buck. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.